Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. I'm Tanya and I'm Erica and thank you for joining us again for our podcast why is this so hard shining through the shadows of resistance and in this series as many of you know um, we discuss issues that prevent us from being socially just and free and the goal is to disrupt the status quo I'm gonna say that again we want to disrupt the status quo um, of racial inequality and inequity in systems. So each episode will challenge us to be the change that we want to see. So last, the last time we were um, together, we told you that we had our DEI back to school um, edition, or back to school a series. And so this is this this is part two. This is it the is. second episode of that series. Ooh, so what are we talking about? Today, identity crisis. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and really, it's really more about helping students avoid having yeah. an identity crisis. Yeah, and you can be a part of that. But before we even get into this discussion, we want you to tag some friends, especially your educator friends, yeah. and say this is a podcast you need to listen to and share with others right. and engage in dialogue about what we're talking about. That's really good. That's, That's really, really good. And if you haven't already, um, we invite you to subscribe to our, our channel. We have a YouTube channel and we are um, available on some different platforms. So yes. we invite you to subscribe and to follow us and join the conversation. Please. We love comments that, you know, share with us um, or even sometimes emails that we get that say, you know, we um, tried this or I, I thought about this or you said this and and have you thought about this other side? Like those kinds of comments, We that's a conversation. And like we that. do this, part of disrupting the status quo is starting to talk about it, right. having the conversation right. around these topics that have been, you know, pretty tough for us yeah. to to address as a society. Yeah. And even taboo. Yeah. You know, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, but what we're going to talk about this identity crisis yeah. today, we are actually going to look at the social justice anchor standards. So you might not be familiar with the social justice anchor standards. They are not ours. We can't take credit mm -hmm. for them. No. It's um, you, uh, teaching for uh, um, learning. Learning. Oh my gosh. We're, I'm, Wait, I'm let totally me get it right now. It's not, it used to be teaching for learning tolerance. for justice. Thank learning you. for justice. Learning Sorry, for justice. learning for justice. Thank you. We love your work. Yes. We really do. <laughs> we do. Um, learningforjustice.org. So we encourage you, especially if you're an educator, to go onto their w website. They have plenty of resources to help, even with our topic today. Yeah. So we're going to look at their standards, and in the episodes that follow, we're actually going to break down each of the standards and just have some dial each each part of the anchor standards, and just have some dialogue. And today's yeah. really is centered around identity. Yeah. And so the social justice anchor standards um, that specifically speak to identity have five different um, standards that we, we want to share with you. So 
One is, and we'll just kind of talk about each mm -hmm. of them as we go through. So the first one is students will develop positive social identities based on their membership in multiple groups in society. So let's talk about these um, gr social groups that yeah. they're talking about. So we all are part of social groups. Yeah. And, you know, our identity is based in these various groups. Right. So it could be your ethnic group. It could be your racial group. It could be your gender group. It could be your religious, your religious group. group. It could be your ability group. Yep. Your yes. your um, language group. Mm -hmm. Your social um, your um, socioeconomic mm -hmm. group. Mm -hmm. um, your um, sexual identity mm -hmm. group. Um, and and I'm sure we're we're missing some. Yes, but. that's not an exhaustive list. Right. But when you ask people, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, normally it falls into one of those um, social identity groups. So tell me about your social identity group. So if you were to ask me who I am, who are you? Who, I, who am I? Um, <laughs> I might start with the fact that I am a Christian African American woman, mm -hmm. and so in that. Um, response. Um, I've given you my um, racial group, or my racial and ethnic group. I've given you my religious group, and I've also given you my um, gender identity group, mm -hmm. right? And right. so, uh, what about you? Who are you? Yeah, I'm, you know, I would say some of the same thing um, that you would say. I would say that I am also a Christian black woman, um, but I, I might. I might say something about education, mm -hmm. which was another um, identity mm -hmm. group. Mm -hmm. I might say I'm Dr. Tanya mm -hmm. Breland, so mm -hmm. that you then also right. begin to see that my education group is also important mm -hmm. to my identity. Um, I generally won't talk about my social, my socioeconomic mm -hmm. identity, mm -hmm. um, although that may play out in conversations. Sure. You might see where, you know, like if I if I talk about, you know, the trip that we're planning to Italy, yeah. for example, mm -hmm. um, that would tell you a little bit about my mm -hmm. socioeconomic group because yeah. obviously if I'm planning a trip to Italy, I probably can afford a trip mm -hmm. to Italy. So that speaks right. to yes. my socioeconomics mm -hmm. without me actually saying, mm -hmm. you know, I can afford a trip to Italy. I would never say that. That yeah. sounds stupid. However, I might say that I'm planning a trip, mm -hmm. you know, and that then tells you a little bit about, about my my um, socioeconomic, if I say I belong to a certain group, like I'm a member of the National Coalition for 100 Black Women, mm -hmm. um, that might speak to a little bit to my social, mm -hmm. my socioeconomics possibly. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely speaks to my gender. Sure. It definitely speaks to my race. Mm -hmm. um, and you might make some assumptions about my political affiliations, mm -hmm. um, which is another uh, social identity um, that people um, often consider themselves, although that organization does not subscribe to either mm -hmm. and is embracing of, of um, any political group mm -hmm. um, at, at large. Sure. But we do address issues, social issues in society um, that could perhaps give you an inkling into maybe something that I care about from a social or political standpoint. Yeah. yeah. And so when we think about that, um, that standard around, you know, students will develop positive social identities based on their membership in uh, multiple groups in society. Like, why is that important, do you think, 
uh, let's just start with the with the why. Why is it important for students to develop positive? Like, why is that even a standard? Do you think? So, I mean, when we're talking about our identity, you know, every student deserves to um, feel a sense of belonging in in the classroom, in the mm -hmm. school, in the environments where they find themselves. And that belonging often has to do with the respect around one's identity. So, you know, we don't want students to fit in mm -hmm. because fitting in is not belonging. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, ultimately it's like, okay, do you see me and do you accept me for mm -hmm. all the aspects of who I am or sure. what makes me me? Mm -hmm. so that is extremely important to creating this sense of belonging for every student that, that walks into the school and walks into a classroom space. I think that's so important because there are a fair amount of negative images around certain social identities. Sure. Um, earlier this morning, we were having a conversation about, you know, sort of the nature of um, identity for black boys yes. in, in certain spaces, right? And so I think it's really important to understand that there are certain groups that don't, they don't get the benefit of the doubt or they don't get to just be, you know, who they are. Um, we were talking about kind of like this, um, um, almost like this uh, posturing yes. that um, black boys very often have to do and, and, and in a way that other groups just don't have to do that. Right. And I will say that as a teacher, I was hyper aware of that and I've let um, my black boys know, like, you, you don't have to do that here. This is safe. You can be vulnerable. You don't have to be tough. You don't, you're not going to have to fight your way out of this class or fight your way into, like, you're here and that's enough, that's right? So you know? And it, it, and it was important. It was very important um, for them, especially in um, the classes that I taught that were like AP or honors, where we did not see, you know, um, representation, representation mm -hmm. um, that was proportional to the black boys that we had in, in, the, in the school. And so, you know, that was really important. Like, you, you just get to be you here. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's part of that, like, positive identity, you know, developing that positive identity. Right. So I get to be in this space. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it, it's uh, possible for me to be really smart mm -hmm. and be a black boy at the same time. Like, right. I get to do that, right? right. It's safe right. for me to be that here. Right. And so those kinds of, um, that kind of awareness around our students and the social identities um, that they have, I think is really important. It is, and mm -hmm. I think giving students an opportunity to explore mm -hmm. their social identity and, and really get a sense of like understanding who they are. So, sure. So that often comes through that relationship building yeah. that we do with students mm -hmm. and it, it should be very intentional. Yes. So not only us to them, but them to them. Yes. You know, so students should get to know one another um, that's where they begin to learn to respect the differences that's really good. Mm -hmm. and what's unique about each student because mm -hmm. every student comes with something different. And when ch children are looking to fit in, they often are trying to, to find a thing that's in common yes. with another kid. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can be like this other kid, then maybe they'll accept me. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. we really want to do is we want kids to accept one another for what's different about them. Sure. Because they all bring something different into the classroom. Yes. Yes. And there's something very different about their social identities that you know may stand out. And, and again, we can't make assumptions about 
you know, well, I look at you and you look like, mm -hmm. you know, a black woman. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, there might be some assumptions that I make about yep. black women. That's right. You know, so That's right. um, testing my own biases, like, mm -hmm. you know, okay, well, what do I believe about black women? Mm -hmm. Do I, when I think, when I see black women, do I see, or black girls, or black boys, or Latino boys, or Asian girls, or, or um, whomever comes into our classroom, do I see them for who they are, or am I making assumptions about them because of their, how, how, they, how I see them? You know. I, I, I think that's really good, and I think that actually ties in. I'm going to jump down um, for number three, because if you look at the standards, they, they're one through five. Number three says students will recognize that people's multiple identities interact and create unique and complex individuals. And I think that actually speaks to the spirit of what you were saying around, you know, recognizing and appreciating those differences, right. you know, right. so it's not just me that has these kind of multiple and intersecting identities, but others do as well. Yes. And so, you know, how can I recognize the uniqueness and the complexity and appreciate that and right. engage with that? Right. Um, so that's one of the, the standards um, that I think really speaks to that, that I think is really um, important when we think about um, kids that come with these 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 varying mm -hmm. identities and yeah. even if a teacher is working in a district that is considered majority minority yeah. mm -hmm. I think this is also really important so you and I were also talking had a separate sidebar conversation about um, HBCU experiences yeah. and I went to an HBCU Howard University <laughs> no I'm sorry I can't help it this is this thing but Erica's daughter is also going mm -hmm. to um, that same HBCU. I'm so proud of her. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of her too. And um, and so, but but what's really interesting is I was sharing with with you this morning how when I attended Howard University just a few years ago, <laughs> not too long ago. Um, you know what was really amazing to me was the the unique differences in Black culture and how there were groups of people at that university that were so different from groups of people that I grew up around. And it was almost like, you know, there was, it was just, I mean, we're, diversity isn't our topic today, but mm -hmm. we are gonna talk about that mm -hmm. in one of our succeeding episodes. But it was really just this like diverse group mm -hmm. of black people mm. And it was beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and they were so different from me and our experiences were so different. But I came to to really learn more about other groups of people who look like me. Mm. So teachers who are working in, um, you know, majority minority schools may see a lot of brown, black and brown faces and may think, you know, like this doesn't apply. Yeah. But it absolutely applies yes, it does. because there's a lot of uniqueness even in you know, ethnic groups that are similar. Yes, yes, you know? I 100% I um, agree and have experienced that. Right. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, when we think about um, language around different groups, so I think of the term African, right? And so somebody will say, you know, this person is, is African, and with that might carry a group of assumptions with, you know, um, the lifestyle or the culture, but the truth is we know that Africa is a continent. And so, you know, when we think about, if you think about having African students, 
all that means is that they come from a continent of Africa. So you cannot assume that the culture of someone from Ghana is going to be the same as someone from Kenya. Right. Right. Still different from somebody right. from South Africa. Right. right. These are very, these are different cultures. And so when we think about um, the language, you know, one of the terms, I mean, one of the anchors is that students will develop language and historical and cultural knowledge mm -hmm. that affirm and accurately describe their membership in multiple identity groups. And that's really important to get the accuracy of the language mm -hmm. and make sure that we do have, you know, if you know that you have students from, from Africa, it's important to know where in mm -hmm. Africa, and it's also important to allow students to explore what does that mean? So what does it mean that my parents are Nigerian and I'm Nigerian American? Like, what does that mean? Right. And I think kind of really get them to express that and for you to know as, as, the, um, as the teacher, but also for them to know, like, it is totally okay. I have a lot of um, um, friends that were, um, you know, like at home. Now, I didn't know this in high school, but at home, like their parents were, that home, the culture was Jamaican, like their parents were from Jamaica. But in school, they would not kind of share or let on that, they were any different from, let's say, a black American. Like for me, my parents are from the, you know, my, the roots are from the American South. Like you wouldn't know that there was any difference. You wouldn't know that their parents grew up in another culture in another country. Um, but I think this, this standard is getting to like really being okay, like yes. having, like yes. being affirmed that my parents might be from a different, I might be from a different, come from a different language or historical context or cultural context, but it's okay, right? right? So yeah. I can appreciate where I'm from and I can also appreciate where you're from Absolutely. and learn about that Absolutely. too. And I think the same holds for like other, other groups. So, you know, you may look at, um, you know, students from Latin countries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they, they, you know, they may come from Mexico, mm -hmm. they may come from, um, uh, Colombia mm -hmm. or Ecuador, mm -hmm. um, and they're very, very different. Yes. Their experiences yes. are different, and it's incumbent upon the educators to really, you know, think about how you're going to help your students to be able to embrace That's right. their culture and be respected by their peers, and really like have dialogue yeah. and create opportunities for dialogue. You know. Again, maybe there's some text mm -hmm. that could, so we're now talking about, you know, the diversity in your in your um, curriculum and in, mm -hmm. in your instruction, mm -hmm. you know, and how that is going to be relevant to mm -hmm. students and their backgrounds and giving students an opportunity to shed light yes. on, you know, some of their unique mm -hmm. um, different experiences about their cultural identity. And we, and we, we, we tend to gravitate to the cultural piece because we're, we're always looking at that racial inequity mm -hmm. and racial inequality mm -hmm. in our conversations. And so, you know, obviously there's more diversity yes. in students. Yes. Um, you know, there's religious diversity. Sure. And so, you know, you may have students who are Muslim and they, um, you know, they, uh, it, it used to be that schools almost ignored the Muslim holidays. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And now they are beginning to embrace that, yes. which I think is really important, yeah. especially for those students, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they may be having experiences that are different from some mm -hmm. of their classmates. And it's really important that teachers understand and take the time to get to know mm -hmm. that aspect of their students' identity. 
Yeah, I love that. And also allow kids to kind of share yes. what their experiences right. are right. around a practice or a belief or right. like allow kids to share. Not, and this isn't about them proselytizing. This is about you giving kids the space to express their, their identity. Right. I think that's really important. Absolutely. And if we're not careful, we really run the risk of, you know, assuming this conformity and we're really like stifling the identity of, of, of kids. Right. I think that's... And then it makes it difficult for number four to happen, um, where students will express pride, confidence, um, and healthy self-esteem without denying the value and dignity of other people. Yeah. And so we want students to be proud of who they are yeah. and how they identify. Mm -hmm. We don't want them there to be shame yes. around who they are. So, right. you know, I mentioned um, Muslim students. So there may be students who practice Islam who um, where some of the girls may wear hijabs mm -hmm. and where some girls may not. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like, don't make assumptions That's about right. those students. It's really important to learn more about their, um, their religious practices and what might be um, different even in the same religion. Yeah, you know? I think that that's really important. You know, one of the activities we do um, early on in trainings is we do, um, we talk about names. Yes. And I think names is like one of those areas. I mean, we tend to think of it as low hanging fruit, but we know that very often one's name has, um, you know, roots and meaning in a culture, mm -hmm. in a religion, mm -hmm. in a region. And so when students come with names, and some of them, particularly, I will say, for the American English ear, are they're hard, right, for us to, to, to pronounce. But I think it's so important to get that name right. It is. So the, the name, it's critical. The name that the students come to you with. Mm -hmm. And in New Jersey, if it's different than what's on their school record, you have to honor that That's too. Correct. And we know that students go through, you know, identity is fluid. And so if they're in a space where, you know, they have a name that is different, particularly in New Jersey, I don't know how it is in other states, then we, we honor that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, getting that name right, so is a, is a great first step yes. in honoring a student's identity and getting them to the place where um, they can confidently say like, this is my name, mm -hmm. right? This is my name. This I remember- who, Because this is who I am. This is who really I am. This is who I am. Right. I remember, this is a really, um, this is early on, this is an example. So I was working at a camp and there was a student, I may have shared this before, there was a student who on paper, um, her name was M-A-R-I-B-E-L, right? So looking at it, for me, it was Mary Bell. And I was calling her Mary Bell and one of her sisters said, her name is Mottie Bell. And I was like, oh, okay, is that your name? She said, yeah, my, call me Mottie Bell, that, 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 that's my name. That was her name for everyone. Everybody had to call her that. And I really respected that. I was like 17 when I had that experience. Wow. But that was the first time that someone stood up and said like, like this is my name, like this is my name. This is how you pronounce it. Th and that's me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really important for us to honor when somebody says, this is my name and this is how you pronounce it. I think you get the, get the emphasis right. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and get the vowels right, and get the consonants right. Um, and I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, as a teacher, I used to write it out phonetically if I wasn't sure mm -hmm. about it. I used to write it out phonetically because that's important. Like you said, this yeah. is who I am. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it also comes up with students who are uh, part of the LGBTQ yeah. um, population and who identify um, as LGBTQ mm -hmm. because they uh, oftentimes will change their names mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, and when they change their names, again, this is them saying, this is who I am, yeah. this is my identity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the public school system, teachers don't have the right to be able to say, no. well, that's not what I'm going to call yeah, you because right. your records say yeah. X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that's something that teachers have to to keep in mind and be considerate of yeah. as well because it, it's very much a part of how a student um, may see themselves and a part of who, you know who their what their identities are yeah um, and and then let, that brings me to the fifth um, and and final part of the um, social justice standards around identity which is students will recognize traits of the dominant culture their home culture and other cultures and understand how they negotiate their own identity in multiple spaces. Yeah. That's a lot. That's so a lot. Even just understanding the dominant culture can be triggering for some people to think about like, you know, yeah. dominant culture. But there is a dominant culture in our society. Absolutely. There there is. And I think to recognize that. So um so for in some ways this is what we start to do this as we get older, like we call it code switching, right? Sure. So we know what the traits are here, we know what the traits are here. And I think this is really about kind of like understanding and negotiating their own identity in multiple in multiple spaces. Um, a friend of mine was telling me about a, um, she's, she works for a company and there is a, um, a, a black CEO. And, you know, one of the things this company prides itself on is like promoting from within. And so, um, so she was saying that there was a, like a, a, a large kind of company conference. Mm -hmm. And the black CEO gets on stage and they're helping him with his with his mic and something happens with the mic. And so when the mic goes out, um, they go um, the some of the, um, the audio um, visual texts go to help him. And she says he's he is holding the mic and he stops and he says, nah, I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. They leave and he, you know, and so she said like what she felt in that moment was that it's totally okay to be who I am and to speak the way I speak in this, in this space, right? Mm -hmm. She said just that, just those three words, nah, I'm good, was really sort of like this statement that this is who I am mm -hmm. and I'm still in control of this company, you know right, what I mean? Right, so right. I thought that was a really great example of kind of just maintaining that, that, that identity yeah. in this space where yeah. we would not normally hear that language in quite that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that was a really good story mm -hmm. I, and I hadn't heard it before mm -hmm. um, and just fits really nicely into this conversation. Mm -hmm. But when we're thinking, and, and when we're thinking about students in the classroom, and really helping them to understand and recognize the traits of different cultures, it, it means that a teacher has to be really yes. intentional yes. in the classroom and setting the tone right from the beginning of the year that we are embracing yeah. all of our students' cultures. We're understanding how students are navigating their cultures in the midst of the dominant culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we really, you know, begin to kind of um, 
give students language around that, mm -hmm. um, give them a sense of um, comfort and pride and mm -hmm. respect around mm -hmm. who they are and who others are in the room and in the classroom and in the school. Um, it's it's really important, you know, that yeah. that students get that and they and get that it we, early. And, and that, that we won't emphasized. make assumptions about anyone whose identity doesn't conform to ours, right? right? right we won't right. make assumptions. So that means we don't do that as a teacher mm -hmm. and we teach kids not, not to, to do that same. as well, yeah, right? Absolutely. We don't make these assumptions. Yeah. And so, um, so, you know, as we're, you know, sort of rounding out this conversation and, and, and bringing it to a close, you know, one of the things we typically do is we really invite you to share with us like what you do in these, in these instances. What are some ways that you avoid the identity crisis with yes. kids in the, in the school? What are some ways that you teach kids to embrace their identity and to honor the identities of others um, regardless of how they conform or align with a kid's identity or how they, you know, might differ. Right. So what and, are some things that you do? And even how do you, as the educator, you know, navigate your own yeah, identity, that's... you know, in relation to your student's identity? Yeah. So how, what are you doing about, you know, helping your, yourself to really understand who you are in the context that's of the classroom? That's a really good question. Classroom? And knowing that you may have a diverse group of students sitting in front of you, you know, how do you then navigate and negotiate between who you are, who they say they are, or who they, you know, identify as, and also understand that who they may identify at the beginning of the school year may That's be very right. different from how they identify at the end of the school year. That's right. And so really um, doing that, I would say, reflective work. You know, like really understanding, you know, who you are, who they are, mm -hmm. and not being afraid to do some self-reflection, mm -hmm. um, and even being, you know, critical of yourself in some ways to the to the place where you you begin to understand some things about you um, as an educator. That I think is is a piece that we don't really get. You know, no, no one really teaches us how to do that. No, no, especially since it's it's so <clears throat> it's fluid for them and it's fluid for us. Right. Right. And right. the way that we might understand something particularly at the beginning of the year might be really different when we give ourselves you know over to the work right. and so um, again we invite you to to join this this has been a really great conversation i really looking forward to continue yeah yeah so we invite you to continue with us in our dei back to school series and yep. and some other podcasts you might want to listen to some other yep, um so. some other earlier episodes might be really good too so, so I'm Erica. For, yep, and I'm Tanya, <laughs> and thank you for joining us. And we look forward to you coming back and joining us again. <laughs>